Hey everyone, this is Gabriel Machaca. I want to continue with the Sun series. We still are on the subject of prayer and we're still in the area of Lord teach us to pray. And so one of the things I want to examine and go a little bit further is really look at the disciples and their position on prayer. So we know the scripture teaches us that Jesus taught us to pray. It's very clear. Jesus taught us to pray. He informed us how to pray. Uh, he gave us a model of uh, what we call the Lord's Prayer. And it's a model of how to pray and what to pray for, uh, how to really ask God to position ourselves in prayer and what to think like when we're praying because he even gave us like who to pray to, how to close the prayer. He gave us the body, the understanding of what we're doing in prayer. And I wanna dig in a little bit deeper and look at the disciples, I, I want to talk about how these men spent time with Jesus. And the interesting thing is that we see this whole history that they have, and we know that they follow Jesus, uh, they, they slept in some of the same rooms, they, they hung out with him, they went through some of uh, the, the hard times, the good times, they of course, they were there um, around, they saw Jesus go through some, some difficult and challenging situations. And so we look at these men and how they spent time with him and then how they saw him, and we can see something that um, they saw the miraculous with their own eyes. Now we read about the miracles of Jesus and we, we are able to go back and read the accounts of the authors in the Bible who speak and, and they, they share with us the miracles that Jesus did and what they saw in the situation. And so like what we can understand is that these men were with Jesus, they saw these miraculous things, but I wanna examine for a couple reasons, uh, specific scriptures on the areas of the miracles. And I wanna examine them because we can do two things. We can see the fruit of Christ. We can see what what Jesus left behind him as a trail. Like we can basically see that Jesus's life, it, it leaves a trail of these things. And we can understand that if we're following Christ, our lives really should, we should aim to leave this trail. Not one that's of, of ugliness or brokenness, but one that, that Jesus left this trail of the miraculous. I wanna see uh, the miraculous. I wanna see people's lives changed for the better in the trail that I leave behind. And so we can see that, we, we wanna examine two things, the, the fruit of Christ and also how important prayer was in the midst of all of this. In the midst of the miracles and all the things that were going on, the disciples and, and Jesus, they, they knew the importance of prayer. So I wanna look at a few scriptures today. I wanna to examine some of these miracles that Jesus was, was doing in his time. The first miracle I wanna talk about is one of healing. And it's in the book of Mark, chapter eight, verses 22 through 25. And it says this, and they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. In verse 25, then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. 
I recall watching a documentary in which a group of scientists and doctors were actually trying to restore the sight of people. They were actually looking at the, you know, the, the physical traits of the eyeball, the retina and all this and that, and able to actually repair some of it. And so what they found was that the further that technology advanced, the more that they could actually do a surgical procedure and bring about some healing of, of the, the sight. So some people that could not see were actually regaining some sort of vision. However, what the scientists found was that there is a, a development in the brain that happens that takes years. So the, the information that comes in through our sight, through our vision, like through our eyeballs, is interpreted in our brain, of course. So what happens is when you grow up without vision, when you grow up without sight, your brain doesn't know how to interpret information that comes in through your eyes. So what we see is that there can be some medical advancements and obviously some things, and praise God for that. I, like I believe in doctors I think God gave us our brains and abilities to develop and it's a good thing uh, but it's interesting to note that when when you hear about this miracle and you see that Jesus uh, you know goes to heal this man and he says what do you see do you see anything and the man says I see people but they look like trees walking and it's interesting because these scientists found that the the person that they were actually working on their eyes the the physical aspects of it that that person could in a sense obtain vision however their brain could could not interpret the information and this takes years of development and so what we see here I, like I, I heard about this on the scientific end uh, through these doctors and, and through these scientists and then I, I hear in, in scripture of how Jesus actually heals this man and says what do you see he says I see uh, people that look like trees walking and then Jesus lays his hands again on the individual and then that person opened his eyes and his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly now that miracle alone is awesome. Like Jesus prayed for somebody that was blind and they could see. And the disciples were with Jesus. They saw Jesus heal this man who could not see. And again, we're, we're looking at some of the miracles because we wanna understand what the disciples saw, what they were part of. And in looking at this in Mark 8, 22 through 25, Jesus heals a blind man. And then we go further and we look at, you know, just Jesus's life and what he did, the, the things he, he went around and he was involved in the community. People knew who he was. Uh, they knew who he was on, on a bigger scale. Jesus was somebody that was around. People knew his name. He was not afraid. He did not shy away from, from being known. He was somebody that actually was not shy. And, and was able to confront and challenge and speak into things that most people would pull away from. Jesus loved people. In Mark 6, 34, it says this, When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. So Jesus sees this crowd, and it says he had compassion on them. He literally was so moved by them. He saw people and was like, I need to do something for them. I need to help them. I need to serve them. And I'm gonna teach them. I'm gonna help them. I wanna I, I have compassion for these people. Compassion is concern or awareness for the misfortune of others. Like he was actually concerned for their position, like what was going on in their life in that moment. And it says he was moved and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he, he knew that he could lead them. And so we see that Jesus loved people. And I think for a lot of us, loving itself is a very uh, hard thing. It's a challenging thing. Love in and of itself is a hard thing for some. 
Some people didn't grow up in a household where love was abundant. And so they're just, it's just difficult because you don't know how to give love. It's not reciprocated. It's something that you're, you're so used to one thing that love is just a scary, challenging thought. And Jesus truly loved people. Like he literally saw them and said, I love them. I have compassion for them. I care about them. Jesus saw them. He went ashore and saw a great crowd. It, it just says he saw them. He looked at them. He visually inspected this mass of people and he said he had compassion on them, meaning that he was moved to do something for them. And, and we see that this was something miraculous because the disciples, they, they see Jesus do this thing and they see it so like normally, like it's it's a selfless thing that Jesus just does. and and. I would say this for all of us in the context of loving people, it is a challenge. There are those that are hard to love. There are those that are difficult to get along with and we can still love them, but sometimes it's just hard to sit down and have a meal with them. And, and that's the thing that, that's a miraculous thing in itself, that Jesus loved people, like he truly loved people. And then we go into this other miracle, in verse uh, 35 through 44, we see that not only Jesus loved them, but in, in 35 through 44, it says this, and when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fish. And then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And when he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied, and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. So we see this miracle that not only Jesus had compassion on people, but that he cared for their needs, their physical needs. He fed them. And that alone, you know, you think about, uh, you know, in Los Angeles, the, the homeless population, you have uh, ministries and churches and, and nonprofits that specifically cater to, to focusing on feeding the homeless. And this is something that Jesus literally did. He literally fed people that didn't have anything to eat. And so when we see this, it's a miracle because Jesus took the little that was there and multiplied it and fed 5,000 men. And there was stuff left over. There was enough left over so that we can, we know this, that this was a miracle in and of itself. I know that if, uh, if it was a group of Latinos hanging around Jesus, that would be the miracle that they would say, hey, Jesus, teach us how to do this miracle because we have big families and our barbecues they have a lot of people, you know? So like being, being a Latino, I'm sure that a lot of people would have asked Jesus, you know, how do you do this miracle? Because Jesus took food and multiplied it. But the point was this, that he loved people. He truly cared for them, not just in the spiritual sense, but in the physical sense. And I know that, uh, you know, for all of us, when we're part of a ministry or a church, or we go to a small group, you know, we, we can learn to love people. We can learn to truly care for them, not just in the spiritual sense, not just in the sense of like, like, hey, I'll pray for you, man. Like, or, you know, I'll keep that in prayer for you. But in the sense of saying like, hey, how can I help you? 
Like, what can I physically do to help you? And so this is something that, this was miraculous. Jesus moved in that. He moved in the miraculous with compassion and care for people. As we go further, we also read in John 4, 17 through 19, it says this, the woman answered him, I have no husband, Jesus said to her. You are right in saying, I have no husband. Verse 18, for you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So what we know is that Jesus prophesied. Jesus literally went to people with, uh, without an introduction and knew what was going on in their life. He called them out. He basically read, them, read out their history. You know, how, how would you feel if, if a pastor just showed up one day and said like, hey, this is what's going on in your life. Let me tell you your history a little bit too because I don't think you're convinced that I know what's going on in your life. You know, this was miraculous. This was something that Jesus moved in. He walked in and basically spoke to this lady and, and said, this is what's going on in your life. And it was such like a mind-blowing thing that she was like, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. I'm sure, I'm sure that the disciples were standing there going like, what the heck? Like, you know, how does he know this? <laughs> and so what I'm pointing out here is all the things the disciples were around. They saw, you know, Jesus feed people. They, they saw Jesus uh, uh, heal a blind man. They saw uh, Jesus come prophesy to a lady that you know, was there. Like they didn't really know her. And so Jesus goes up and just starts speaking to her. Uh, you know, the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy. And like I'm saying, the trail that Jesus left behind was a trail of the miraculous. And so the further we read that we understand the disciples, the miraculous was normal to them because they were around Jesus. And so we go further. And this is one that that's really interesting to me because it's like, wow, like <laughs> uh, in Matthew 17, 27, uh, it says this, however, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. So let's just black and white, very clear. Jesus made money appear in the mouth of a fish. He literally said, go catch a fish and there's money in that mouth. What a miracle, because I know that everybody, especially, you know, during this pandemic, what's going on right now, all of us, you know, are probably in some way or the other being stretched financially. And, and the reality is that we look at this and we see that Jesus did this miracle where money came when it was needed, right when it was needed. Could it have been coincidental? Could a fish have swallowed money? Sure. That's a coincidence, possible, but it happened right at the right time. And the reality is that this miraculous thing, again, the disciples, they saw it. They saw Jesus tell someone, go catch a fish and in the fish's mouth is money. Bring that and pay the thing that we need to pay. And the reality is that this was a miracle and the disciples were around it. They saw it, they witnessed it. It was something that, again, that I'm sure that it was becoming more normal of like, whoa, man, like look at these things that are happening, the things that are going on. Uh, we go further and we know that Jesus made the smartest men seem like novices. Uh, in Matthew 7, 28 through 29, it says this, and when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. In John 7, 14 through 15, it says this, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. The Jews therefore marveled saying, how is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? 
So we know that the way Jesus spoke and the, the wisdom that he spoke with and the authority he spoke with was so uh, uh, piercing, so concise, so clear, so, so powerful that even trained men, they knew he spoke with depth. The wisdom that came from his mouth was something that was beyond them. And they knew he didn't go to the same school we did. How does he know so much? And so they could identify that Jesus spoke with such authority and depth that it had to be listened to. And it even astonished the crowds because he spoke with such such wisdom that it made people really like, wow. Like, you know, the whole mind blown thing. This is what Jesus did to crowds. People who were educated from different backgrounds, different socioeconomic statuses. Jesus spoke to them in such a way that challenged them to their very core. So, and we read about these things that, that Jesus, the, Jesus was this, this trail of miracles that Jesus left. And we read about it and it's impressive and it's so amazing. And it's like, man, like, like if you would have spent time with Jesus, you would have seen the things that he was doing. You would have been so like provoked and inspired to really be like, man, like what do, how do I do this? Where, does, where do I start? And, and in all of this, we go back to this place and of all these miracles, of all the things that Jesus did, uh, uh, we go back to this place and we find the disciples in Luke 11, 1, it says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Let me, let me be very clear for you. The disciples did not ask Jesus, how do you multiply food? They didn't ask him, how do you make money appear? They didn't ask him, how do you make the blind see? They didn't ask him, how do you feed people? How do you really love people? They didn't ask Jesus this stuff. They asked him, teach us to pray. And the reality of the miraculous is that it follows your prayer life. When your prayer life is in tune with what God is saying, God is, God is speaking into you, God is uh, laying out for you, God is saying, walk this way, go this way, move in this direction. Uh, your prayer life, it, it, it defines you to be walking with Christ. And, and to walk with Christ is to walk in the miraculous. And we see that with the disciples. And we know that they didn't ask Jesus, teach us how to do miracles. They didn't ask him, teach us how to do those things that we saw that were amazing and that people were astonished by. Teach us how to be smart. Teach us, give us all this wisdom so we can make crowds be like, whoa, and, and trip out and, and like, wow, that's amazing. They didn't, they didn't say these things. They asked Jesus to teach them to pray. 